0: Hey there, welcome to The Tent, I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, one of the more common questions we receive here at Tenant Aquatics and via our social media accounts is, how do you maintain one of these botanical method aquariums? And it's really a great question. Uh, It's fundamental. Now, although we've talked about this quite a bit over the last five or six or seven years, it's a very fundamental item, which we probably just don't talk about enough every you know so often we need to talk about it more than just once in a while probably should talk about it a few times a year so why not just revisit it today <laughs> as, as we've talked about before Uh, For the longest time, there seemed to have been a perception among the mainstream aquarium hobby that tanks with lots of botanical materials like leaves and stuff like that were delicate, tricky to maintain systems fraught with potential disaster. You know, the soft water, acidic environment which could slip precipitously into some sort of environmental freefall without warning. And then there was that matter of the dark brown water. And... The aquarium hobby has, for decades, equated brown water with dirty, dangerous, and non-sustainable. I remember this uh, even before I started Tannin, when I was co-owner of Unique Corals here in Los Angeles, a coral uh, propagating facility. We, uh, you know, had nothing but coral in our facility, and in my office, I had a blackwater aquarium, and people used to come into my. Um, office, and they would look at this black water aquarium, and not only would they first of all wonder why don't you have a you know a reef tank in here? Why do you have a black water aquarium, Scott? And then they'd look at the aquarium and say, "When was the last time you changed the filter?" And I always got a big kick out of it. And of course, I spent some time explaining to them what it was to represent and why it looked the way it did. And I was always interesting. But these are perceptions which require a little bit of examination and understanding before we can successfully navigate the world of botanical method aquariums. You need to do some research, like so many things in our little hobby specialty. It's a matter of understanding exactly what you're getting into before you start. I think that the most difficult aspect of a botanical method aquarium is to actually understand exactly what it is, why it's set up the way it is, and how it actually works. The fundamentals are everything here. So, how do we keep these aquariums running for extended periods of time? Through continuous regular maintenance, of course. Now, let's talk about the best practices that we engage in to keep these tanks running and looking their best. It all starts with how you set up your Botanical Method Aquarium and how it relies on natural processes to function start slowly i can't emphasize this enough gradually building up your quantities of botanical materials over a period of weeks or even months until you reach a level that you like aesthetically and which provides the type of manageable environmental parameters that you're comfortable with and this is essential because how we start our aquariums dictates how they'll run over the longer term and of course you'll need to understand the progression of things that happen as your tank establishes itself and Perhaps most important, you'll need to make some mental adjustments to accept and appreciate this different aesthetic. And you'll have to get used to a certain amount of material breaking down in your tank. It's natural and it's part of the function and the aesthetic. Accepting the fact that you'll see biofilms, fungal growth, detritus, and even some algae in your system is something that many aquarists have a difficult time with. As we've discussed numerous times here, it goes against our aesthetic upbringing with regards to what an attractive, healthy looking tank is supposed to look like. We've learned to understand and appreciate this stuff, and this is, you know, realize this is not an excuse to develop or accept lax maintenance practices, or minimal maintenance practices. No, no. It's simply to call awareness to the fact that there's probably nothing wrong with your system when you see this kind of stuff. It's contrary to the way we've been trained to evaluate the aesthetics of a typical aquarium. Okay, let's round out this discussion of the aesthetic differences one more time. Uh, Really, watch some underwater photos and video. uh, Watch some underwater videos, look at some photos of these environments like the Amazon region, etc. And you'll see that your tank is a much closer aesthetic approximation of nature than just about any other type of system you've probably worked with before. And that's a significant thing, really. And to your comfort, you'll find that the botanical method aquariums are as stable as any other if you follow regular maintenance and common sense. So, what are we talking about finally in regards to regular maintenance here, Scott? Well, for one thing, water exchanges. Because the topic's so well discussed in the aquarium world, I'll keep it really brief. What's a good water exchanging regimen? I'd love to see you employ 10% a week. That's what I do. I've done it for decades, and it's served me and my animals very well. Regardless of how frequently you exchange your water or how much of it you exchange, just do them consistently. And of course, as we discussed already, don't go crazy siphoning out every single bit of detritus during the process. Oh boy, I'm mentioning detritus again, aren't I? So again, as I've talked about, probably to the point where you want to pummel me, an aquarium which encourages the growth of bacteria, fungi, copepods, etc. In this type of tank, the botanical or organic material that's contained in the detritus becomes part of the food web of the aquarium. Everybody up the food chain can benefit from this stuff. So when you go full ham and siphon out every last speck of detritus in in your tank, you're essentially breaking this chain and denying organisms at multiple levels the chance to benefit from it. And by over, you know, zealously siphoning this material from your tank, you're effectively destroying an established community of microorganisms, which serve to maintain high water quality in the closed environment of an aquarium. This is a super important point to remember. In, In a sort of ironic twist, I believe it's far more common for those anomalous ammonia spikes and stuff to have their origin in overzealous cleaning of aquariums and filter media, as opposed to the accumulation of, you know, detritus itself. So yeah, taking out all the fish shit is actually removing a complex microbiome that's keeping your tank healthy. Even something as seemingly mundane as the way we maintain our botanical method aquariums requires us to make some mental shifts to appreciate our methodology more thoroughly, doesn't it? It really does. Now, of course, during water exchanges, it's almost inevitable that some of your you know, leaves and botanicals are going to get shifted around. They're, they're pretty lightweight materials, and as they decompose, they're even more lightweight and mobile, if you will. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Don't get stressed if you stir up some stuff, and your tank's going to be just fine. Uh, think about natural leaf litter beds and wild habitats and the processes which influence their composition, structure, and resilience. Now, many leaf litter beds are long-term static features in their natural habitats, almost like reefs in the ocean, actually. But there's a fair amount of material that's being shifted around constantly by the current, by rain, by flooding, and the activities of fishes. Yeah, stuff does get disturbed and redistributed. And the organisms, i.e. the fish which reside in these systems, deal with these dynamics very effectively. They have for eons. The benthic microfauna, which our fishes tend to feed on, are also affected by this phenomenon. And as mentioned previously, the fishes tend to follow the food, making this a case of fishes learning, I'd say that with a question mark, but learning to adapt to a changing environment. And perhaps, maybe, the idea of fishes sort of having to constantly adjust to changing physical, notice I didn't say chemical, uh, changing physical environment, could be some sort of trigger hidden deep in their genetic code that maybe stimulates their overall health or immunity or spawning or you know something in their programming that says hey you're at home the seasons change because there's an influx of new water leaves are rolling around you know perhaps not as specific but something like that which can trigger specific adaptive behaviors i think that's quite possible i find that possibility fascinating because we can learn more about our fish's behaviors and create really interesting habitats for them that are not only physiologically beneficial, but are also stimulative um, simply by adding botanicals to our aquariums and allowing them to do their own thing to break apart as they decompose to move about as we change the water or conduct maintenance activities, or even when we add new pieces from time to time. Well, I mentioned that whole breaking down part about botanicals. So let me just touch on that one more time. As we've discussed for years, botanical materials, you know, breaking down and decomposing as soon as they're added to your aquarium is reality. That's what happens when botanical materials touch water. It's normal. It's natural. It's to be expected. Some materials, like the harder seed pods, last a very long time, almost indefinitely, before they're finally broken down by biological activity. Other stuff, like softer seed pods and leaves, break down much more quickly. Yeah, leaves should be considered the most temporary or ephemeral items that we utilize in our botanical method tanks, requiring replacement regularly. Those seed pods and stems tend to last a little longer, and it's a personal preference to leave them in or remove as you desire. So do you remove the botanical materials from your aquarium as they break down? Now, for reasons I've touched on numerous times here in the tin, I personally like to leave all these materials in the aquarium until they completely break down, which facilitates the very ecological processes which run our aquariums. And leaving the material in situ while it breaks down does not pollute the aquarium in an otherwise well-managed aqua- system. You know, one that you conduct regular water exchanges, filter media replacements, one that you feed carefully, and one that you stock sensibly, etc. <laughs> I think that we need beyond you know to look beyond the simple appearance of the leaves and other botanicals in our tanks and consider them more than just hardscape props. Rather, they're functional materials which, you know, perform biological, environmental, and physical structural rules in the aquarium, just as they do in nature. The same processes and function which governs what happens to these materials in the wild occur in aquariums. And if we reject our initial instinct to edit what nature does, the aquarium takes on a look and a vibrancy that only she can really create. I wouldn't get too carried away with trying to remove any of it, really. Remember, most of this stuff, the broken down botanicals and the resulting detritus and such, is utilized by organisms throughout the food chain in your tank. And as such, it's a fuel for the biological processes we're so interested in. So no sense disrupting them, right? What goes down doesn't always have to come up. Take care of your tank by taking care of the enormous microcosm, which supports its form and its function. And that means not removing all this material as it decomposes. I know I've said it several times already in this one piece and countless times in the tint, but it's really a fundamental part of the botanical method of aquarium keeping. Now, one last physical maintenance task that I found to be continuous and necessary is the cleaning of filter intakes, mechanical filter media, and water pumps. So with a constantly decomposing array of botanical materials streaming into the water column, lots of little debris tends to get sucked into filter intakes, pumps, sponges, all that kind of stuff, and mechanical filter media. And these need to be cleaned or replaced on a regular basis, perhaps even more frequently than the other maintenance tasks you do. It's simply part of the game when working with a botanical method aquarium. Now other there's some other you know maintenance tasks you might want to do. I believe in doing regular monitoring of basic water chemistry parameters. Not only not necessarily to, to reassure myself that things are okay with my tank, that's obviously a reason But to kind of study, record, and create a baseline so that other hobbyists can understand what to expect in a given type of aquarium with this approach. It's good. You're contributing to the overall body of knowledge uh, in our little hobby specialty. Now, sure, there's other tricks to maintaining environmental consistency in botanical method aquariums, which we can revisit in some future installments. Uh, The bottom line, though, is that these aquariums are no more difficult to maintain than any other type of system we work with in the hobby. They simply require a basic understanding of ecological and biological processes and how they play out in our tanks. It requires patience, consistency, and execution, attributes which are ideal for any hobbyist to possess. Our idea of what a beautiful, healthy aquarium is may vary substantially from the mainstream aesthetically, but you won't be able to make that argument from a functional perspective when you employ common, well-known aquarium maintenance practices. Just remember that the long-term success of a botanical method aquarium requires a mix of knowledge and action. Nothing at all different from what you've already come to understand, you know, in the aquarium hobby. Just maintain, literally. Stay persistent, stay observant, stay curious, stay thoughtful, stay patient, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the 10.